Welcome to Talking Talk, the podcast for the media by us. Uh, there's two of us in the office today. It's just me and it's just Chris. Yeah. With our standard greeting of, hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> um, today on Talking Talk, we're going to talk about what we've been watching. And uh, cover a little, a little bit of breezy. A little bit of breezy on the A light breeze. And uh, tell you what we recommend to go see in the theaters. Knowing nothing. Well, we always know nothing. That's, yep. that's a given. Um, See, so yeah, I'll let you start off. I think you had a, a slow-ish week. Yeah, I did. Uh, well, a, a slow media week, which means a busy everything else week. So, uh, just earlier today, I started the second season of Glow. Um, you know, we, we tend not to talk about shows that we are in the middle of, but hey, I got nothing else. So... <laughs> yeah. And all four of us. Loved Glow first yeah. season. Uh, the second season is so far is really good. Um, sure. Yeah, I'm, it's 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 not surprising. It's you know Genji Cohen does does great things with female ensemble casts. Um, really, really digging this so far. Mark Marin is a you know contemptible shrew again, which a, he's great a, at being a, a gem. Yeah, it, it continues to draw on the thread that they left hanging at the end of season one the um the eagerness of uh Allison Bree's character uh <clears throat> against Mark Marin's you know creative genius right so that's that's fun to watch and there's still that uh conflict between her and her friend um you know Liberty Bell versus Zaya yeah so Fun characters. Yeah. The wrestling characters are fun for yeah. them. It's a lot of fun, especially because, you know, that whole first uh, season is just about them getting together and making the pilot. Right. So this season is about them. They've, they've got picked up for a 20-episode year. So it's them filming that first year of GLOW. So a lot of the, you know, sales pizzazz they had to put into the pilot you know, obvious racial stereotypes and that stuff. Like the wrestlers are starting to see that they are worth something and are changing their characters on their own because they are auditioning their fights for air in uh, front of the producers and, and Mark Maron's character. So it's kind of cool because you get to see like the background characters get a voice, almost like the, the episode in season one with Sheila. But I mean, it was all about Sheila. There's more of a focus less on just Alison Brie and Mark Marin, and there's more, you know, plot lines about like Beirut and the old biddies and these like random side characters. Fun, yeah, and yeah. I'm really excited about it. It's that first season was fantastic. Yeah, it was, yeah, really good. I mean, really remarkable uh, cast of side characters and background actresses. Yeah, the uh, the B characters were great. Yeah, the in woman, season one. The woman who plays Machu Picchu is, I think, one of the most surprising. That's uh, the the bigger girl, the one whose family's family of wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Yeah, her 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 side story was really, really well done in the first season. Yeah, so the, it looks like they're they're branching out with a lot of their their wrestlers in this season. They should. They got a lot of talent. Yeah, it's uh one of my favorite Netflix original series. Yeah, For sure. Already, I mean that's the thing is like there's there's the second season of Goliath available, which Kelly and I love. The first season, second season of Luke Cage is available now. Kelly mm-hmm. and I love Luke Cage, but like second season of Glow, we're like, okay, well, we're gonna take some time out and we're gonna watch this. 
It's like, so quick too. Like if, yeah. if anybody listening hasn't, it's twenty five minute episodes. I mean they're they blow by. They're yeah. so fun. Yeah, and I'm still in love with with the freedom that Netflix provides. The first episode is thirty three minutes. The second episode is forty minutes. The third episode is twenty two. Right. Like they they pick the amount of time that they want to fill with the story they have to tell, and they cut all the fat out and just tell their story. Yep. It's but, great. Yeah, but other than Glow, I haven't watched anything else. Nice. I I played with you. I played more Mario Tennis Aces. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. We did like we, the, we broke it out. We kind of played a new game. Yeah. Um, so before TJ and I had played with just the controllers, um, just using them like a traditional game, and then last night we broke out the Joy Cons into separate you know controllers and did it where it's the we did doubles so two on two. Like random teams, random characters, where you use the the Joy-Con as a as a tennis racket, basically, like like the Wii tennis. It's really sensitive, really sensitive, but also like fair, which is weird. Yeah, it's all about timing and not just like if you make contact, it'll right do whatever. Yeah, the character kind of auto runs to where the ball is going to be, so it's. <clears throat> I mean, Kelly and Cassandra, who are not like gamers really or you know really I don't think they could name half the characters on the roster right Um, they held just the same chance that you and I did being more familiar with games especially sports games because a lot of that calculus is taken out of it and it's just like time your swings yeah Um, but yeah it's a lot of fun I'm going to keep playing tennis aces it might be a uh, a small party uh game to kind of fire up and get some quick rounds in. How's the, uh, are you story moding it at all? Yeah, I'm story moding it. I'm in story mode, there's like five things you're collecting and I have two and I'm halfway through uh, getting the third one, so mm-hmm. I think I'm 50% of the way through, but who knows. Um, story mode's still not great. It's There's some weird scripting that I just don't understand. The like, if you fail a challenge, like, there are challenges in between fighting bosses or characters where it'll be like, here are, here's a grid of four by four panels on the court, and you have to, you know, knock them down. If you knock down one, it's one point, but if you knock down two at a time, it's one and then four points. And it just kind of builds like that, and you're trying to get, like, a certain score. And it's testing your ability to, like, hit the difficult shots, like lobs, drop shots, and the, like, star power shots. Um... Which is fine, but those all take me like at least a couple of attempts because first I've got to learn the rules of the weird challenge. Make set a muscle up. memory after that, yeah. And then like now that I know what it's asking me to do, then try it for real, right? Um, but you can't skip any of like the story dialogue. Uh, oh, weird! If you fail a challenge, oh, that's worse. So like you know, it's intro. It's Mario and Toad walking around for some reason, like discovering rackets and trying to get like the stones to entomb the weird tennis racket god that arose from the grave to possess Waluigi and Wario. Uh, And so they have, like, dialogue before they start a challenge. And that you can skip. But if you fail again, you can't skip their banter afterwards. So you have to sit there, like, hit A, hit A, hit A, hit A, hit A, and then start it again, and then it'll pop up with them on the screen as if you've never played the level before, except now you can skip it. 
but like there's just <laughs> so much just like like fat to trim and I don't understand it. I almost feel like they they shoehorned in like a story mode. It's also weird because you're on like a world map, but there's so much blank space that aren't levels, but it makes the world look really big. Yeah. So like you know, the equivalent of like a hundred paces from Mario, there's like one level. Weird. As opposed to it just being like shorter <laughs> or having more levels along your way. Right. There's about like five levels, five like courts in each like zone. So you start like in like the, like the woods with piranha plants and then you go to like a boat and you play tennis with a giant ship's mast in the middle, which is kind of goofy and fun. Right. And then you go to like a haunted mansion, but there's just like there's five in each place, but they're so spread out. Like I I don't get it, but you know it's 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 still I'm done learning, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just into the okay, now that the game has taught me the skills, it's about like getting better at them. Right. And I don't really care about like the exposition of the story because it's I, I, I describe it every time because it's ridiculous. Like <laughs> Tennis ghosts possessing Waluigi and Wario. Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> but either way, it's I'm still having a blast with the multiplayer. Yeah, it's fun. Um, I played a little online and got smoked by people. Oh, really? There are already people who are really good at it. I'm sure we're also awful. Yeah, so, <laughs> we're not a good measuring stick. Yeah, but that's it for me. So I watched a lot of movies. I watched uh, so I watched The Hobbit: An Unexpected Journey, which is film one of the Hobbit trilogy for last podcast and I finished that trilogy up I watched uh, Desolation of Smaug yeah. and Battle of the Five Armies um, I'd seen them all before and, and theatrically released The I gave four stars to the first one three stars to the other two yeah they just don't they're just not as good character development's not as good honestly it's I, I had a movie in mind when I was watching it and I can't remember it now but like it's hard to tell all the dwarves apart and what they're doing. Yeah. And it's nothing against the actors. It's just they're all bearded. Yeah. Like, aside from the brothers. Yeah. Kiki and whatever the other one's name is. Kiki and Lily. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. And Thorin, yeah. the main one. They're all just kind of the same. It's I don't remember the name, but I'm pretty sure it's not Kiki, Kiki and Lily. Lily. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then and then Bomber because Bomber is the really fat one. Yeah, like I mean, you recognize all of them. You're just like I don't know why you're a character in this story. Yeah, and I, I have a problem with them because they don't do any. They don't go anywhere. They get to the yeah. Lonely Mountain and two, and, and that's where they the, fight Smog. I mean, they basically get there or in they, one. They release Smog. They basically get there in the Hobbit. Yeah, they can see it. They're real yeah. close. Yeah, what does it end? It ends from them in them leaving Lake Town at the end of one, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So they're they're basically there. No, they get to Lake Town at the beginning of two. Okay, because Lake Town is all introduced and Bard the Bowman kills Smog all in the same movie. Okay, um, but yeah, it's like so. Lake Town is movie two, and then it's Keely and Feely. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it bothered you enough to look it up. I thought it was pretty close, <laughs> but the uh, yeah, then the third movie's all just like at the mouth of the cave, and then on top of the mountain. Yeah, and the weird like, and it I- sounds so cool. Battle of Five Armies. I'm like, oh, I'm so excited for this one. 
But you think back and you count the armies. So it's, I have I've, a hard time getting to five. Yeah, so that's the only book I've read. And then the book, they do a much better job. Or they He does a much better job of explaining why it's referred to as that. And it's because it's dwarves, elves. Um, humans, orcs. Dwarves, elves, humans, not orcs, and hobbit yet. Goblins and wargs. Oh. The, the like, giant dog things. Okay. Um, it's the five species that fought there. Okay. But it's not, it's not humans. What I thought Lake Town fought. Oh, there are humans there, yes. Yeah. There's not a human army. Right. They come later. Yeah. They're like a band of misfit people. Yeah, but like... It just, it, it was not good. In the movie, it's like dwarves, dwarves, goblins, and there we go. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the dwarf, the dwarf army's comical. Yeah. He rides it on a pig. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. Is that, is that John Cleese? It, no, it's a... Uh, it looks like John Cleese. Uh, uh, no, it is John Cleese. Yeah. It is. I just... Because I just looked at the cast. <laughs> um, he looks so ridiculous riding like a warthog. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're fun. If you, I mean, if you like the fantasy stuff, it's extremely good. But compared to LOTR, it's nothing. Yeah. Um, I rewatched one of my favorite sports movies of all time after our podcast last week. Have you seen Moneyball? Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah. Okay. Even though it's not about baseball. Yeah. Like there's no all the baseball action is like archive footage of actual baseball. Yeah. No, I, I like to reiterate my stance on League of Their Own. Like <laughs> the baseball parts of baseball movies just don't exist to me because I do not care. I have a I have a zero opinion of baseball. Right. It could be on, and the TV could be off. Yeah. And I can't tell the difference. Yeah. So... <laughs> got baseball blindness. <laughs> like a baby. Yeah. You show them a field where a baseball game is, and they're like, oh no, the ether. <laughs> Space. I have no baseball permanence. <laughs> um, I fucking love Moneyball, though. Yeah. I love that movie. It's the third time I've seen it. Uh, Pitt and Jonah Hill kill it. Yeah. And their chemistry is so good, which is just weird. Yeah. But uh, so good together. Chris um, Pratt is surprisingly very good in it. Bef- like pre-fame yeah, yeah. Chris Pratt. He was surprising at the time because he was like Parks and Rec Chris Pratt. Yeah. Like kind of tubby tall guy, Andy Dwyer, goofy. Right. And then it's like, oh, no, he can get ripped. It's a great example, too, of an adaptation of a book, nothing like the book, and they can both be amazing. Right. The book is goes, it pretty much is a chapter of the book the movie is um, dealing with that like Oakland A's season the book deals into like Bill James's past was the guy who like kind of invented the sabermetrics thing yeah and uh, there's like two chapters on the draft that year but uh, I just can't recommend that movie enough it's so fun yeah it's coming for me I recommend it even if you don't like baseball yeah it is a problem solving book it is a is it, to me it's it's more of a story about mismanagement yeah, and like correcting like bad managing habits. Yeah. Uh, then I watched a slew of uh, 2018 films. Uh, you've seen one of them. I'll save it for last. Uh, I don't think you've seen this one, but we'll talk about Tomb Raider first. I haven't seen Tomb Raider. I have not seen Tomb Raider. It's on my radar, though. It's on my Tomb Radar. It's not great. You missed my good pun. 
Um, or did you just not think it was good? <laughs> I just didn't get it, yeah. Did not think it was good. Um, yeah, it's not good. The movie. That's <laughs> not good. Yeah. It's, it's the thing that everyone forgets that, that Tomb Raider games go supernatural really quickly. Right. So that, like, Walton Goggins, from what I understand now having seen it, that Walton Goggins goes from, like, the bad guy to irrelevant pretty quickly. Right. Isn't, shouldn't be surprising. Yeah. He's fun. They just, they had good, V. Kander and Goggins are great. Yeah. There's an article up on the website, you can go check it out. I'll go into a little more depth on that aspect of it. Uh, but they just, they, the script was just shit. From what I, from what I would guess, having not seen it also... Is they probably took moments from uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, which was the game that this is based off of, the specific game this is based off of. They took moments from that and they strung them together poorly with a bad plot. Yeah, yeah. Because like the the three big moments to me that stand out are, you know, the climbing the radio tower. Does she climb a huge radio tower? No. Okay. The waterfall scene. Yes. And the... Uh, is there a cave collapse scene near the... Yeah. Yeah. Where she's being pursued by people as they're getting crushed and she's running away. Yeah, it's it's that and then it turns into like... It happened as weird because it happened in Battle of the Five Armies too. Legolas does it. But like... Running on things that are falling. <laughs> it's like... That's not how it works. We're going to talk later this week about, like, ridiculous rule-breaking. Yeah. Uh, that is just... Like, at least with, like, Legolas, the argument is there. That he's he is a magical a, creature. That he he's is, immortal. Yeah. yeah. That he is lighter than, than, like, mass should be. Right. <laughs> but Alicia Vikander, though very fit, is not that light. Right. Um, so, yeah, I actually uh, didn't recommend Tomb Raider. Um, well, I'm going to see it anyway because I'm the person on this podcast that doesn't listen to your recommendations. Yes, yeah. I don't listen to anybody's either. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Oh, Honestly, if it sounds shitty, I might watch it for fun. Yeah, I almost turned on Transformers the last night because that'll mean that I've watched all of them, even though I know it's going to suck. <laughs> it, it will suck. Yeah. It's, it's going to be awful. Uh, I watched a couple of uh, Netflix originals um, that are available to people with Netflix. Jesus Christ! Uh, one of them is called Cargo, which flew. Like under my radar, and then just I saw it clicking through Netflix one day. It's a Martin Freeman horror movie, an Australian film set in Australia, uh, zombie movie, zombie apocalypse movie. Cool. And Cargo leads to. So I, I gave this movie three stars. Uh, I don't know if I would. I guess I would probably recommend it just because it's interesting enough. Um. The whole plot of the movie is uh, save this child. He's got a baby. Okay. Back. That's where the title comes from. Okay. Cargo. And it's just like, he is trying to figure out how she can live through this universe. He loses his wife in the first ten minutes, and he gets bit in the next fifteen. Okay. And um, they have like kits the government came out with. It's got a watch that you put on, and it counts down to when you turn and it's got like a it's like the size of a syringe yeah and it uh pretty much shoots a long bolt out at like a super high rate of speed and it's got directions it's like put it at your temple and press oh, the button suicide suicide yeah. yeah um so he's got that in the watch and he's just it's constantly like how do I let my baby survive right 
Okay. Which is a fun take on a zombie movie. Like, yeah. there's no hope, really. You're just like, there's one goal, that's all it is. Yeah. And uh, it's a great actor portraying the, you know, pretty much the only lead in the movie. Um, it didn't hit like it wanted to. Uh, drug a little bit. But worth a watch, just because it's fun. I mean, if you're definitely if you're a fan of zombies or post-apocalyptic fiction. Are there other, like, big actors in it? Or is it mostly just him and the wilderness and zombies? There's, uh... The next biggest actor is a kid who is a, like, aboriginal... Okay. ...guy who helps him out. Um, and no, nobody else in the movie you would recognize. There's kind of, like, a big bad for a little bit, but they really do a good job of sticking to their point of, like, the big bad is the environment. Hmm. They, they they stuck to their guns, for sure, when they were uh, filming it. But nobody else I recognized in it. It's funny, one of the guys who popped up in the cast was, is his name is David Gulpilil, or Gulpilil, mm-hmm. however you pronounce it. Um, but <laughs> I think that he is a guy who plays Aboriginal guy in lots of movies. I think he was in Leftovers. Yeah, so he's... Uh doesn't really show up until the end. He's kind of like in the background watching. Yeah. But the, the the person who's traveling with him is like a 12-year-old child. Okay. Um, well, neat. That's, it's one that I that I spun past in a, uh, like, just spinning through Netflix and stopped and went, oh, that's, that's Martin Freeman. That's weird. Yeah. Well, cool. I'm glad you watched it. Yeah, I am too. I'll probably get a review up. Um soon after the podcast comes out sweet uh, another movie's called Set It Up yeah it's a rom-com Netflix it original Set It Up Set It Up uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's just me and you going Set It Up it's about ska vocals Set It Up Set It Up Set It Up yeah um, it is a romantic comedy starring uh, Zoe Douche and Glenn Powell not not douche <laughs> douche so douche. It's like I just saw a thing with Stephen Young on it, like a, a Wired interview, and he was like, "People get confused by my last name. It's the bane of my existence. It's just Young. <laughs> People try to put some flair on it, like Young. Like, I don't understand." Um, but they're the main couple, the will they, won't they couple in in this movie, and uh, their meet cute is, um. She works for Lucy Liu, who's like a tyrant of a boss. She's the EA for Lucy Liu. Okay. And Glenn Powell is the EA for uh, Hellacious Boss, played by Tay Diggs. And she orders food one night for her boss, late. She doesn't have any cash to pay for it. He bumps into it, has cash, steals her food for his boss, because they're both their crazy bosses want dinner right. at like one in the morning. Um. And they end up deciding, like, hey, we work 70-hour weeks as an executive assistant for this, like, crazy rich person. Like, we should hook them up, and then maybe they won't be such assholes. And, like, the repeating thing is, like, while they're boning, we're free. That's what they keep telling each other. Um, So they spend all this time setting up this couple, and then, actually, (laughs) what happens? (laughs) They fall in love. Um, But it is fucking adorable. Nice. It is one of the best romantic comedies I've seen in a while. Uh, since The Big Sick, I would say, probably. Um, there, there's a lot of articles praising it. Um, 
which is which is refreshing to see people just like not shitting on Netflix originals. Yeah. Um, BuzzFeed called it the perfect millennial rom com. Uh, Vox says that it's it shows how durable the formula is for romantic comedies. Yep. Get a good cast and it'll be fun. Nice. And they do a really good job of like Lucy Liu ends up not being that bad. She's like, I just treat you hard because I know you. I can like see the talent in yeah. you. And Tay Diggs is a turns out to just be like a major dick. Yeah. So he's like actually a shithead. Um, Quick question. Yep. What does uh, Pete Davidson's Ten Inch Dom doing this doing this movie? He plays a really great side character. He plays Glenpal's gay roommate. Cool. Yep. So the, it's, the it's great. Philip Seymour Hoffman and along came Polly, just like the weird friend. Yeah. I feel like that's that is a that is a character, and like our actual real life group of friends is we're all that character. The weird the the weird like plus one. <laughs> yeah, they have a great moment. I actually thought of thought of you during this, but they uh, they're trying to get home from this party. The two of them. Uh, and they're just carrying this like large cheese pizza. <laughs> it's like comically big, and uh, they're they're going into his apartment and they're like, trying to get up the stairs. And they're both real drunk, and he's just like, "I want to fuck this pizza." <laughs> and she's like, "Hey, I know what you mean. I agree with you, but you shouldn't say that out loud." <laughs> this is real good. Um, yeah, it's it's adorable, and um, the the leads are just really good. It's got a 3.3 average rating I see on Letterboxd. I gave it four stars. Nice. Bucking the curve. Yeah. Where do we know Glenn Powell from? He played... His face looks familiar. Yeah, he was um, John Glenn in Hidden Figures. Okay. Oh, okay. The charismatic yeah. guy who was real nice and awesome. Yeah, that's... Um. And has Deutsch been in a lot? <laughs> no, she hasn't. Is it um, Deutsch or Dutch? I know that, that I made a joke earlier, but... I have no idea. <laughs> no, you, you know it's not douche. <laughs> I just assume it's not douche. I feel like someone would change their Hollywood name. But she was, it looks like the lead in Flower... Oh, she was the daughter in Why Him. That's what I've seen her in. And she was on some TV shows that I haven't seen that are popular. Sweet Life on Deck? Nope. Ringer? Nope. That's all I've got listed for her. All right. Uh, that was wrong. But yeah, oh she yeah she looks like this is a pretty common role for her. Um, she's in lots of like romantic comedies as, or like dark comedies, like female led comedies. Year of Spectacular Men, Everybody Wants Some, Vampire Academy, Dirty Grandpa, Why Him, Flower. Yeah, and she steals the movie, and dominates it. Nice, um, for sure. Nice. Nice. And then I saw something you saw. Uh, Deadpool 2. I right. saw it before it escaped from theaters. Um, it's fun. Yeah. So, just, just because it's unavoidable, against the first movie, where do you have it? Not as good. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty much the same movie. I mean, that's hard. That's harsh. It, it is... This movie had a ceiling when I went in to see it. Yes. There's no way it was going to be like a five star great movie. It just didn't wasn't possible. Um, because I mean, here's the thing: if they made 15 more Deadpool's and they all told the same jokes in the same format with the breaking of the fourth wall and like just irrelevant crap. Um, full spoilers down Deadpool two. By the way, there's a article on the website already, and it's about to leave theaters. Yeah. So, um, but like him shooting. Deadpool from X Men or Wolverine's origin, yeah, and shooting himself before he 
signs the contract for the Green Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah. I knew it wasn't Hornet. Uh, like all that's fine and it's funny, but if they did that twenty more times, wouldn't it get tired? Yeah. The last movie, even if it was just as good as the first movie, wouldn't be as good. And that's how I felt about this one. Right. I, I thought that they had at least a better angle on some of it. I thought they did less of the like, look at this, look at the the camera sheepishly and like repeat some line. Yeah. I thought it had less of that and more like in universe jokes. Yeah. Um, which I appreciate more. Like like joking around with Josh Brolin about him playing Thanos. Right. I think is really funny. Yeah. No, I loved the cast. The cast is better than the first movie. I was TJ Miller's fine doing his TJ Miller shtick yeah. in the first one. Um, and what's the lady's name? Zazzy Beats. No, in uh, the first, Miranda Bacharin, the, the old blonde lady. Oh, I don't know her name. Um, she was fine in the first one, but yeah, Zazzy Beats and um, Brolin. Brolin are fantastic in this movie. Yeah, and the whole cast of X Force was great for their little part of the movie. It was I, so funny. I love how hard they sold that as a big part of the movie. <laughs> and <laughs> it's just like, oh, but I hear there's a uh, there's, there's there's a sheer wind today and then they like all die in a minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think I can get him out of that wood chipper. No, don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't try. Throws an acid in his face. Did you catch Brad Pitt? Did you see it in the theater? Yeah. Did you recognize him? As the Vanisher. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. Um, yeah. I, I like how they deal with, like, those... I was telling you earlier in the week, like, three pretty much immortal characters at that point. Uh, Deadpool and um, Domino, who just has incredibly good luck. Yeah. So I assume that's pretty much being immortal. Yeah. And uh, Cable. Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot you can do with characters that are just that, like, daunting, the way they're set up. And they did a good job. Yeah, I mean, the way that the Cable's motivation is to fix the future is, makes, like, keeps the stakes high for somebody who is, like, a time traveler, and if he fails, he like, it can always be corrected. It's very similar to the plot of Looper. I don't know if you've seen Looper. Yeah. Um, I'm sure this is some comic. I bet. That was before Looper, but they reminded me of Looper. They, um... How did you, because I know some people I've talked to hated the portrayal of Juggernaut in the X-Men movies. Yeah. Is this going to be, is this backlash like way less? Yeah. Is, okay. People, I, I would imagine people are going to like this Juggernaut a lot more. They did a good job of keeping that under wraps as far as, I didn't know he was oh, going to be in the movie. I didn't know either. Yeah. All, all I knew was. I didn't know he was going to be Juggernaut until I saw him. No. Uh, so I thought that was that was really good. Um, by the way, the, the the New Zealander, the the kid, the the the, oh, the fire guy, fire guy. Yeah, uh, he was really good. He was good, like like pretty cheesy, but like he's reacting to Deadpool's like stupid like bullshit jokes, right? <clears throat> uh, really great, but yeah, the, the Juggernaut thing is like from what I gather from the comic books and everything, he's like an unstoppable like rage machine. Yeah, like so that he was kind of poked fun at and a lesser villain in like the cartoon and then in the you know I'm a juggernaut bitch like right. that that thing like people fine to get pissed off about that this yeah. seems more in line because like juggernaut at some point in the Marvel Universe becomes one of the strongest characters in the whole universe oh really yeah is he that size in the comics is yeah. he like he's five times bigger than everybody else yeah hmm. Neat. 
Yeah. I like super negatonic Teenage Warhead. She's, She's getting this and her girlfriend. Yeah. The 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 Wade and her were great. Yeah. Bye Wade. <laughs> no matter what the situation was. Yeah. Um not not to just turn this into the juggernaut podcast, but uh he makes some quip about his brother being Charles. Yeah. Is that a joke or is that Nope. That's, okay. that's like universe accurate. Okay. Yep. Neat. Yeah. So I wonder what they're gonna do now that they have now they can blend the movies properties. Yeah, I wonder if like they're gonna just throw X Men into the Deadpool stuff or well, what? Well, X Men has to get current timeline first because X Men right. right now with Days of Future Past and then uh, Apocalypse because Days of Future Past was like sixties, seventies, yeah, and then Apocalypse was eighties. Dark Phoenix is early 90s as far as like timeline so I mean and they did that because they knew their stars were going to start retiring right like they knew Hugh Jackman wasn't going to be on for another full franchise right so they, they bought themselves time so I think we've got another like four years before we even start thinking about the Marvel 20th century right Sony like mix ups um, especially with the MCU Going back into the '90s with Captain Marvel, right? Like, and then the end of Infinity War being what it was. Like, there's going to be a lot of rewriting and storyboarding for the next big phases of all these properties. I think Dark Phoenix is probably the last of the comic book movies that is a like, it's the last of any of those timelines or groupings, right? And Dark Phoenix is you know next year, I think. Yeah, it is. So, huh? I wonder. I wonder what they'll do with that moving forward. I mean, they at least got to say X Men in this one a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> so that wasn't annoyingly forced to be left out. Well, yeah, and they they also you know they they walk by you know Hank McCoy and Charles Xavier. All and, of them. Yeah. Yeah. He very quietly closed the door. Yeah, that was funny. While he's bitching about them not having any good X-Men in the movie. Why is this so... Why is, I thought the, the school was supposed to be in. Where is everyone? They're out for summer. Close the door slowly. <laughs> yeah. That was what I didn't like as much as the first one is the Colossus. Just the dialogue. The relationship between Colossus and Wade felt a little... There was too much Colossus. Yeah. I think less, less Colossus would have been better... Just because... Oh, the fight was cool with him and Juggernaut. That was pretty neat. Yeah. I liked it better than the fight between him and uh, Gina Carano. I forgot her name in the first one. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I did like the all, all the uh, the intro was great. Like him traveling the world, assassinating yeah. people. That was fun. All the shit that they did in the first one was just still worked well. Yeah, in this one. it just it was a little more tired. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's my biggest criticism of Family Guy. It's right. The same joke format over and over, and I just can't right. at a certain point take it. Right. But, uh, yeah, I think we both recommend Deadpool. It's been on Chris's watch list before, but... Um, and... Anything else? I think we can move on, maybe? Yeah. Um... So it's a we're, we're gonna do a little bit of breezy, a little bit of breezy. Um, 
really kind of a slow news week. Um, yeah, it's real slow. <laughs> I would agree. We, I mean, we tried to look look for things to talk about, but um, the only thing that that I saw are uh, or that really happened this past week that want to talk about is uh, the Double Dare got got rebooted. Yeah, Double Dare's big for our our age group, our generation. Yeah. Um, it, it looks like there's a lot of old Nickelodeon people getting together to like jump on the show for a short period of time. Fun. Uh, like Mark Summers is going to make an appearance. Keenan and Kel are back together for something. Nice. For it. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of all that people who are jumping on board. Yeah. Um, there's a new host. Uh, you know, Mark Summers isn't the full host. Um, she seems capable. Liza Kashi. Yeah, I was trying to see if she'd done, like, anything. Uh, Jason uh, Spears is going to be on it. Choosing Tyler Perry's Medea Halloween. And then a YouTube series. Uh, she was a VJ. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where we're going to hear about it for a month, and then it's going to go away, and then it's either going to get canceled, or it's going to very quietly earn them enough money to not get canceled. It'll go the way of the dodo. I mean, all that, like, the $100,000 pyramid is kind of running at its course now. They're not sure if it's going to make it another season. It's just, just only so much you can do. Well, yeah. Well, it's not even, it doesn't even have that kind of mass appeal. Like, it's a game show for kids. Like, if you turn on Nickelodeon or the Disney, it is the Disney Channel, Disney XD, like, now. Yeah. Like, there are still game shows on there, but I doubt that any of them have been on the air for longer than three years. Like, right. There's this weird one that was just on because, I don't know, we're dumb millennials and we like turning the TV on for our dog and sometimes we turn on Nickelodeon for right. it. Um, <clears throat> but we came in and it was a whole game show where it's an obstacle course of paint being sprayed at them. And the winner between the two teams was whoever had, you know, the most like white on their jumpsuit still left. But like, I can't imagine that that show has been on for more than a year and I can't imagine it's going to last for more than another year. Yeah, I mean, aside from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, Jeopardy, and Will of Fortune, and then, like, the daytime old people, Let's Make a Deal, and uh, Price is Right. Yeah. Like, what is there that's lasted more than five years? Yeah, that's a game show and not a talent show. Right. Game shows don't, they don't, they don't have a long shelf life. Right. I mean, like, one Going versus- back to Family Guy, Deadpool, it's the same fucking thing every week, and you don't want to go see it. People who watch Jeopardy, Will of Fortune, want to play along, just like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and... Like, nothing against the elderly, but doing no deal and Price is Right is for them. Right. That's yeah. why they air at 10 and 11 on weekdays. Right. Like, I, I don't... I There's nothing that I can do in 1 versus 100 or the uh, the Howie Mandel Let's Make a Deal. Yeah. That, like, you know, I can't pick a suitcase. Oh, uh, the... Uh, What's that called? Isn't it called Let's Make a Deal? No, it's called... Deal or No Deal. Deal or No Deal. Um, as forgettable as the title. They're fun to watch for two years. Or, like, you get all the drama and suspense out of one episode as you would from the rest of the season. Yeah. The rest of it is just human interest stories. Right. So, if you can get your fill of that elsewhere, then go for it. But if you're a shut-in or you are you don't leave the house often and that's your only exposure to, like, human beings and the stories they tell, then sure. It's got some purchase with you. Yeah. But... I mean, how many times are we going to see, you know, C-list celebrities have slime dropped on them and kids root through giant noses to pull flags out before you go, all right, I understand the entire arc of this show forever. Right. 
I guess it's Family Feud's another one, but and it's just that it's like yeah, watching dumb people do dumb shit. But Family Feud's been on. That's what I'm saying. It's another one that's been on forever. Right. But I guess a fun thing about Double Dare is I like that it is a trivia show. Yeah, at, at its core. Right. Is is the 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 primary mechanic is trivia, and if you don't know it, you you can dare someone to get it right, and if they don't know it, then you have to do a physical challenge. Right. Like. But I, it's, they're so canned that I bet it's because kids don't want to watch other kids answer questions. They want to watch them jump into giant like whipped cream pies. Sure, I agree. Don't think it has legs, but yeah, we'll see. I hope I'm wrong for everything. Yeah, I hope I, it's I want everything to succeed. Yeah, but yeah, uh, and that's how slow of a news week it is. <laughs> that is the extent of our news. Yeah, um, I'm sure someone else got. Rightfully accused of sexual assault this week. You know, that just happens these days. Yep. But in the meantime, we're going to tell you what to distract yourself with and give you our blind recommendation for the movies. And we've got a little cheat this week. Yep. We can throw in. Here in Atlanta, locally at a uh, movie theater at a mall in Buckhead. I guess I can tell you. Phipps. Uh, we're getting an early release of... Sorry to Bother You. Sorry to Bother You, which is the... Sorry to Bother You. Sorry to Bother You. <laughs> the Lakeith Stanfield movie. Yeah. Um, that we've been excited about for a while now. Yeah. I hope it's good, man. Yeah. Directed I'm not by. like, I'm not convinced like I am on some movies, like this movie's going to be great. Or like I am on like Jurassic World 2 where I'm like, eh, probably not going to be that great. Right, yeah. I hope it's good though. Me too. Well, there's that and the the big tentpole is Ant-Man and the Wasp. So if you are any other media market than Atlanta, go see that over the first purge. Yeah. That's coming out on July 4th. So is the... Have you seen any of those? Yes. Do they occur on July 4th? No. Okay. Because that would be... Wait. Hmm. Because they're always released on July 4th. I think they might be. I think they might take place on July 4th. That just seems like such a dick move for government to be like, alright guys, guess what? Free murder day on a holiday. But (laughs) Take it away a holiday. So, there's like crazy lore behind The Purge. Like, about the founders and like an old cult that like influences the government like it's it's purge lore goes deep but from what I understand having just watched the purge election year uh-huh. uh, purge three election year is it is it is the that day is a national holiday we're the only country in the world that does a purge and because of that tourism in the US is like one of the big businesses that time of year and it's like you know, a super patriotic event because we are the most prosperous country because we have zero, like, overpopulation. There's, like, no war, no conflict, no crime otherwise. So the day's a holiday. Because the purge is just set up, send down a sun up, right? It's 24 hours. Oh. I thought, I saw the first Maybe one. Maybe, it, it might be sundown and sun up. It might be one evening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a full the first one, they're, like, waiting for the sun to come up. And the guy gets there at the very end and the sun comes up and he walks away. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's sundown and sun up. You're right. But... But yeah, so it's just like, you know, it's, it is, it is celebrated as the thing that, that set our country right in like the near future. Yeah. And I mean, it looks from, from the looks of the trailer on this one, it looks like it's the first purge. They're putting it in place for the reasons I'll end up working, but somebody sabotages it. Like some militant group comes in and is trying to assassinate people that day or right some dumb shit. Yeah. Has it been, have any of them been good other than, I thought the first one was fine. The first one's fine. I think that they get a little too obsessed with the 
ultra violence and sexy nature of them. Yeah. Um, which is still like, and this sounds fucked up, but if you've got a movie about any crime you want, you can commit between, you know, sundown to sunup. Like, it's really not that, like, gory. It's really not that, like, sexy. It's more just like a carnival. Because as far as the first one goes, it tells a very, like, succinct, tight story. Yeah. It's like there's a little event happening on the night of the purge. Yeah, this this is one family in right. one house, and they're trying to stay shut in. Right. But as, as Purge 2, they go out. You know, it's it's more about, like, the, the as I said, the carnival aspect of it. Sure. But there's, like, no nudity in it. Like, there's no... There's, like, not, not even talking about, like, carnal, but just, like, there's no streakers. There's no... There's nobody trying to commit petty crimes, which is the craziest thing to me. There's no, like... I feel like it would just be because, like, any crime I would want to commit, I would just be, like, too scared to go out, so I would just stay inside. I would just try to, like, find a cave. And, I mean, that's... That's, like... That's the idea behind why this weird, like, Satanist... Or not Satanist, but, like, ultra-patriotic alt-right cult wants to enact the purge is because... You will have that mindset for the entire year because you know that day's coming. So if someone finds out you wronged them on a purge night, they will come for you the next year. Right. So that's what keeps crime down. Hmm. But like, I don't know. It's just, it's a fucking weird universe. And it, it feels like, like, you know, like all the Saw movies, like just, they appealed to a certain kind of person who probably wears like lots of leather and carries knives around just casually. Like, I, I feel like there's, you know, that Purge movies are for a person like that. Not that specific person, but there is a there is a small demo that they appeal to who ravenously watches these movies. Right. Who, you know, for a $2 million opening, that's only like 100 people who gave it $2 million. Right. But, I don't know. Yeah, so fuck the Purge movies. Yeah, don't see that one. <laughs> I don't know we spent so much time on it. They're really screwed up. <laughs> See, um... I'm sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. <laughs> if, uh, if you came this weekend, it expands at, uh, at the end of July, I think. Yeah. But uh, if not, go see Ant-Man and Wasp. It'll probably be above average. Yep. It'll probably be not as good as the first Ant-Man and better than uh, most uh, general family movies. We finally get the last original Avenger in the MCU now. Yep. With the Wasp. Yep. Is the only one left? I'm interested to see how they tie that story into what happened in Infinity War. If they address it at all. So you think it's going to be... Do we know a timeline? No. Well, we probably do, but I don't. I don't either. I feel like somebody told me it was before this, but I feel like they would get lucky to have like all the characters not... The only reason I think... My gut would say is chronologically next, because that's the way MCU has worked. But it would be crazy if, like, all the characters from Ant-Man didn't get evaporated right. in the Thanos oh, genocide. The important characters are like, oh, we got lucky. <laughs> yeah, every thank, single one of them. Thank God they wanted at least our movie next. <laughs> right. And then you get, um, that's the last MCU movie this year. Yeah. And you'll get Captain Marvel next year, and you'll get... Infinity War Part not Part 2, but the... Not next year, right? Yeah, it's next year, next May. Really? They filmed them back-to-back. Oh, they like, uh... They Harry Potter them. Nice. Yeah, so next year, the MCU is releasing Captain Marvel in March, the next Avengers movie uh, yet to be titled in May, and the next Spider-Man movie will be in July. 
Um, and then the only other one is, that's announced at the moment is Guardians 3 in 2020. Um, so that's fun. That's one of those, the Spider-Man movie. Like, I wonder if they're going to leave Peter Parker dead and go whatever, one, whatever the route they want to go, or if this all gets undone in time. Yeah. We don't know. Um, and if you still haven't seen Infinity War, you missed your chance to not get spoiled. Yeah, fuck that. I mean, it's a meme. I was I was late. It's a meme. S- yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but yeah, on that like really aggressive tone, uh, that's gonna do it for us. Uh, sorry to bother you, Double Dare, and all the movies TJ watched. That's what we talked about. See you later. Bye. Now this has been Talk and Talk podcast from MediaBias.com. You can find us on Facebook on our page Media Bias. You can find us on our three three groups there: TV Bias, Games Bias, Movies Bias. You can also shoot us an email at themediabias at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at themediabias. And you can locate our Mixler where we live broadcast. We don't have a Mixler. Um, <clears throat> please give us a rating on your podcast app. Any rating will do, but we appreciate high ratings better than low ratings because we think we do at least an okay job. Um, we want to give a special thanks to the intro music to the Will Walkers. Will Walkers! And thanks to the outro for Burifa. Thanks to the outro for Burifa, as if they wouldn't exist unless we had the outro. Kicking but that's going to do it for us. Thanks, DJ. Bye. Bye. <laughs> thanks. Bye. Small town, slow pokes, long time ago. Kicking out records of all the things. 